Ever see those, uh, well, first of all, how you doing? Ever see those little sayings on Facebook people put up? If you could go back in time, what would you say to your younger self? And I'd be like, well, do I know what I know now? Or am I just going to be like going back and saying hi to myself? Not with any knowledge, not with anything that I've learned over the years. What would I say to myself? You ever think about that? First of all, I'm fascinated with time travel. I think that is a, an incredible concept to think about and deliberate. Time travel. What would you do? I have an audio book on my phone. H.G. Wells. You know, it's about time travel. And I think it's fascinating. Just, just that possibility to be able to go back and know what we know now. Would we change the course of our lives? And that is a big time question because it could be having, a, obviously, drastic effects. You break it down, and I think of all the little things that I've done in my life, that all has led me to here. So maybe first thing you have to ask yourself is, are you happy? Are you happy where you're at? And other people, I think a lot of people would say, well, man, if I knew what I know now and I went back to then, I could direct myself to make better decisions. Sure. Uh, you'd be filthy rich. Okay. But again, would you be happy? And I think that's actually the key. Isn't that what we're all looking for anyway? Happiness? I, of course, have pen in hand here. I'll just jot my notes as we're speaking. So what would have made you happier back in the day? Like, what could you tell yourself then that would have made you happier in that instance if you're a little kid? Let's, let's, let's pull up the age 15. Let's just say 15 years old. You're, you're meeting you. What do you say to yourself? Because at 15, I had like two things in my mind. You know, girls and girls. <laughs> 15, you're out there hanging out with your friends and you're looking to meet girls. And we're just hanging out and we're doing stupid stuff. You're walking through the mall, the McDade Mall. That's, you know, I'll talk about my childhood. We walked to a place called the McDade Mall. It's about, I'll call it maybe uh, maybe a mile or so. Yeah, the way the crow flies, about a mile. You go to this mall, basically basically it was, it was like a, a strip mall, if you want to say that, on both sides, closed up, obviously. It was one of, one of the first malls, if I'm not mistaken. But you go into this place, it was laid out in a straight line. On one end, you had a market. On the other end, you had a Kmart. And in between, you can go inside this place in between, and there's a row of stores to the right, a row of stores to the left. In the center, there was a stage, and that was the McDade Mall. There were the movies there, all right? It was a small place. It really wasn't very big, um, but the movies were there. And let me give you a, a maybe a length comparison. Maybe a football field, so 100 yards, maybe a little bit more. And then, you know, width-wise, I don't know. 
20, 30 yards. You know, maybe, yeah, just about that. But all kinds of stores were there. It's one-stop shopping, but it, it drew people in. When it drew people in, that made it fun, right? That was the place to go because you never know who you're going to meet, who you're going to see. And at 15 years old, this uh, never-ceasing quest <laughs> to talk to girls and meet girls, that's just how it was, right? Of course, you're hanging out with your buddies, you know, and you're doing all the other stupid stuff in the neighborhood. You're playing football and going back into the, we had marshlands there. We called them the swamps. Go back in the swamps, you know, go uh, hunting for turtles, for frogs, go see the wild dogs. Basically, it was these packs of dogs that would just run around back there. They, I guess, just met up with each other, lost dogs or whatever, abandoned dogs, and they would just hang out, mangy looking. Full of mud. Uh, just interesting place, right? But the marshlands itself were very fascinating, too. Today, you can still find those marshlands. That are, it's called John Hines National Wildlife Center, right? People say, oh, that's part of Tinicum. Well, if you look at the, or Essington, if you look at the map, it's mostly Falcroft. That's where those, those uh, marshlands were. And so behind Taylor Drive, there were, it was it was all this dirt, right? And I believe it was kind of like just a residual residual dirt from the construction of all the row homes. They must have just pushed that stuff back there and left it. But we called it the Bajas, the Dunes. And what it became great for was riding your bike back there. And if you were one of the lucky ones in the neighborhood, you had a dirt bike, you had a mini bike. Not many people had that. And if you did have that, you know, I'm sure people were begging you for a ride all day long. Can I ride it? Can I ride? I mean, I know how I was with my buddies. I had two friends that had them. Uh, one guy had a Honda a XR. Yeah, I think it was an XR 75. And then the other one was a YZ 80 Yamaha. So the Honda was the XR 75 and the Yamaha was the YZ 80. Man, I used to beg them all the time. Please, please, can I have a ride? And so uh, on the off days that we weren't going to the mall, we would take the bus down to... Uh, Eddie Stone, there was a Honda dealer there. And we, I think they were used to us, you know. He'd walk in there and, hey, can we have a pamphlet? Can we have a, a little brochure? Yeah, okay, you know. I guess they were getting them from Honda. They didn't matter, but that meant everything. You see the Elsnor, I think it was called the Honda Elsnor 125 and then the XR75. And I just wanted to... Uh, stare at that thing. I would just go through the pamphlets all night long and just stare at it. I cut the pictures out and I put the pictures on my wall uh, next to my Farrah Fawcett poster with the red one piece with the little Mexican blanket in the background. That was a day. It was That was what we did. Go back in the dunes or like I said, we're looking for animals, tracking the animals. We wouldn't hurt them. We wouldn't kill them. Let them go. But just to find them, just to track them. Snakes, frogs, like I said. Uh, it, was kind, it was kind of like just a great time. The girls never really went back there with us. And when we came back, like later that night, we'd all hang out on the corner. By Taylor and Carter, right around, right around there. There was a lot of us that back then that hung out. We'd go into uh, different people's basements. And somebody would have a record player and you're sitting there with the 45s and you're listening to uh, The Night Chicago Died or 
what's it called? Indian Nation. Cherokee people. All those tunes from, I'm guessing like 1972, 73, 74, 75, right in that area. Yeah, priceless times. Just incredible times. Um, then when we were bored, let's take a walk up to the Sev. And the Sev was the 7-Eleven on Delmar Drive. Go up there and you hopefully had enough for a Slurpee. The guy who run it, I believe his name was Jack. He was a nice guy. Had a pinball machine in there. We play that. And then um, a pizza place opened. Not in the same row of stores. You kind of like, if you're looking at 7-Eleven, you go to the right a bit just after the uh, the bar there, the local bar. I think it was called the Del Mar. And then there was uh, Bacchetti Brothers, I believe it was called, Meat Market. I think it was then Colonial Village, maybe. But I believe it was Bacchetti Brothers. Then right next door to that, to the right, was this pizza place. And we go in there and have a pizza. Further on down, it was Pike Cold Cuts. It was the local deli. You can go walk in there and just uh, get fresh delicatessen type of stuff and pickles and whatever you needed. Pickles, make sandwiches, and they sold hot roast beef sandwiches like you can make your own. Meatballs, I know that. I used to work there. Just great memories. There was a little drugstore up there, too. I think it was next to Pike Cold Cut. You go in there and get your uh, prescriptions filled. But that was the place to go into... Um, if you had like, you know, what you wanted the penny candy or something like that, or if you wanted to get the balsa wood gliders, remember the gliders with that little clip that goes in the front of it, you built the glider, you basically had the frame, you slid the wings through, you put the little weight on the front, you slid the, uh, airlines in, in the back as well. And there you had it, you know, you would adjust the wings to push them a little bit forward or a little bit backwards judging from how you want it to fly, if you want it to do a circle, or if you want it to kind of go straight more, you brought the wings back. Baseball cards. You'd go in there, every every little dime you had, every penny you had, nickel, whatever it was, you bought a pack of baseball cards. And the gum inside was horrible. <laughs> it's just like this flavorless gum, pink looking, with this powder on it. And, and you ate it. And it was nasty. But then you can get all kinds of different candies like Zots, Spree, and, you know, caramel candy. All kinds of stuff. Uh, remember the cigarette packs with the fake cigarettes in there? And and they sold these one with that little, little piece of paper around it. And if you just like, you know, and if you gently like blew through it, a puff of smoke would come out. But you only get one puff of smoke because that was that powder that they put inside. <laughs> then they had like packs of cards that you can collect, like with monsters on them and all different types of stuff. But then we'd go flip our baseball cards. You trade your baseball cards and flipping by the, flipping the cards, you just kind of like made them flip or you toss them up against a wall. You damage the corners, but you're what you're trying to do is trying to cover somebody else's baseball card and then you get that card but if they cover you and you don't want to flip or trade your cards that you don't want to get rid of you hang on to those that's what it's about and sometimes those baseball cards would even end up on our bicycles 
you get those clothespins, the ones with the spring, and you open them up. You put them on your front fork, and you let the baseball card stick through the spokes, and when you rode, when you drove, sounded like you had a little motorcycle going on there. Seems like yesterday. If you were lucky enough, you went to the swim club. For us, that was Falkroff Swim Club, which was fantastic. I talked about that before. You'd play baseball on the boys club. And if your coach saw your eyes were red on a game day, he'd yell at you. Why are you getting yourself all tired out? We got a game tonight. Guys, don't take this seriously. But if you went home and your father came home and he checked your eyes and seen if, if they weren't red, you'd get the, you know how hard I work every day to be able to afford that pool for you and you're not there. Great times. Talk about sun protection. We didn't have any. You went to the pool. You went to the pool. Whatever time it opened, 11 o'clock, whatever that was, you were at the pool with your towel, meeting up with your friends. And you put your towel down on the law, on the hill. We had a big hill there. Behind us was a cyclone fence. And on the hill, you put your towel and all your friends put their towel on the hill. And you took your shirt off and you went into the water in the water. And that was it. And you baked and you ran around and you played basketball back in the courts. You played knock hockey, which was this wooden board with these two little wooden hockey sticks, maybe a I don't know, twelve inches long with a little bend on the end, like a blade. And the puck was a round wooden puck and you Knock the puck around. Knock hockey. You'd play that. you get any of these heated games. And you hop in the pool again. Just hang around there. And if you were really rich or lucky, you'd have dinner at the pool. Me, I, there was many a times every day you'd go to the pool. You're not eating all day long. Like some of the other kids had snacks, and, you know, money for snacks and hot dogs or whatever it was that they even sold there. But you were at the pool all day long. And out of that tin, tinty, lousy, all-weather speaker came the AM radio, WFIL, WIBG, Wibbage, WFIL, 56 on the AM dial. And you'd listen to all the top hits of the 70s. But they weren't of the 70s then. They were the new hits. <laughs> all of them. I remember this one kid. Myself included. Whenever that song, Catch Me, I Think I'm Falling. Like you always went by to the edge of the pool and you pretended to fall in the water when that song came on. Stupid stuff. Doing cannonballs off the high dive, trying your best to make a splash big enough to wet the lifeguard. Can you always get that one or two hot shot that could do all the flips and stuff like that? And you're like, yeah, okay, next. <laughs> but you stayed there all day. Maybe if you were smart enough to eat breakfast, that's what you had in your stomach. But by the time four o'clock came around, you hit the road, you got home in time for dinner and you ate everything on the plate. And that's what your mom did. She cooked and she made whatever dinner that was. And you were expected to eat that and be thankful for it. And then what you did, got a shower, 
and you got on your bike and you rode right out to your friends again. And you're staying there until you could see the shadow from the streetlight go across the, the road. And then we would judge where the shadow was and that's where you kick the light. Just about two feet up off the ground. If you kick the light hard enough right there, it knocks the light out. And then it takes about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes for the light to come back on. Kick the light out. <laughs> Knock and run. You're smacking on the bottom of the aluminum doors and running away. Like they don't know who did it. <laughs> we'd, so, we'd get so lazy, we'd do it like, we went to a house like five houses away. Yeah, go knock and run on that guy. <laughs> wow, who did that? <laughs> it couldn't be the, you know, the group of 15, 20 kids standing right there, could it be? Those were the days. Why am I thinking about all that? Just thinking about uh, old music today. Just sent Bink uh, a song by Elvis Costello, Veronica. And right, right away, he, he replied, man, that song reminds me of my grandmother. So that was her name because it also reminds me of my mom, he said. And then he told me why. And then I realized uh, that song's about uh, Alzheimer's. And Elvis's, Elvis Costello's uh, experience with that with his mother. And I just said to him, music, right? Like, just amazing the memories that it instills in us and instant recall, time travel, right back to then. Like that song, help me, I think I'm falling in love again. Every time I hear that, it's the Falcroft pool. It's coming out of them speakers. It's uh, this girl Karen sitting there in her black bikini. <laughs> Uh, you know, the things that we think about when we're kids. The night Chicago died, hanging out in Denise's basement, 20 of us, hanging out in Jimmy's basement, his brother Dennis, their mom bringing down Elio's pizza, serving us all. Those are priceless times. Seemed like yesterday. Jim's dog Chubby went everywhere with us. Everywhere. Let's go. Chubby. Boom. Out in the swamps, the marshlands, Chubby was with us. Back on the dunes, Chubby was with us. Building forts in his backyard, Chubby was with us. Great days. I don't often reflect like this. It's not that I, I, I'm time traveling. Yes, I am. But it's not like I want to go back there. I'm just appreciating what I had. Like, I can remember being up in Jim's, in his backyard, up, I don't know, maybe 25 feet up, and we're all maneuvering these two-by-fours and these sheets of plywood that were given to us from the houses on the school lane that were being built. I think they were given to us. <laughs> but we were building these epic forts, and I remember his mom, yelling, Jimmy, don't you be putting nails in that tree. I'm not. <laughs> and then we get the fort all built. We go out with buckets back into the marshlands, back onto the dunes, the, the Bajas. And we'd find out where the dirt was cracked and you kick it in the ground and make these little 
boulders, these mini snowball-sized pieces of dirt. We put them in the buckets, as many as we can carry. And we bring them up and we load them into the fort. And then we went back to the cattails and we cut the tops off and the bottoms and they became spears. And as many as we could carry, we'd bring them up as well. And then we'd borrow those aluminum trash can lids from the neighborhood. And those were our shields. And we awaited what we knew was going to be a war. Because if you built yourself a fort, well, that was throwing down the gauntlet. Because the closest fort from another group of kids, be it right down the driveway or three streets over, they were getting on their bikes. <laughs> this is great when you think about it. They were getting on their bikes, carrying their aluminum shields, and they brought their dirt bombs, <laughs> and they brought their spears. <laughs> and we go at it like a bunch of savages, <laughs> launching dirt bombs. You know, you throw them so hard, they get up against the uh, the plywood and just explode and it's puff. You're throwing them back. They're hitting the driveway. Poof, poof, poof. The spears, talk. <laughs> it's a miracle. None of us went blind. Got stabbed in the eyeballs. Oh, my God. What are you doing tomorrow? We got to reinforce the fort. Get there early. Meanwhile, Chubby be up there with us. <laughs> and when they run away, we would just chant victory, say stuff to them. These were the same kids we'd play, uh, you know, deck hockey, street hockey against, right? Go down the factories. You ever hear of Scrub Daddy? Remember Scrub Daddy? Well, that was an invention, uh, you know, that was sold out of Falkroft, Pennsylvania. That's where I grew up. And uh, the their, their factory... They had factories on both sides, one on the right-hand side of Henderson, or I think it was Henderson. It was, we just called it the factory road. One to the right, one to the left. Well, the one to the right, that was our street hockey arena since we were kids. Their parking lot, full of rocks and little gravel and stuff like that. You, If you left that street hockey game and you weren't bleeding, you didn't play the game. We were brutal to each other. Face into the fence, push it in, a little cross check behind the neck. <laughs> Kids, remember one time we tried to build an underground fort? We dug and dug and dug. All right, now what do we do? We'll just put the plywood over top, you moron. I remember this dude said, Yeah, okay, we'll do that. Yeah, I'm like, But, uh, you know, you got to put some drainage ditches in there. Just do it th th this way. This is the way it's going to work. No problem. All right. I think you're wrong, though. We busted our butts for two days, digging this hole, putting this plywood over. But the problem was the plywood wasn't big enough to expand the entire length of this hole, so it was open a little bit. So I remember saying to the kid who was being the boss that day, dude, you can't leave this open. Well, we need air. Like it was hermetically sealed or something. What do you mean you need air? Of course you're going to have air. And we found an old couch. We put that down there. Someone found some Playboys from their parents. 
from their dad. We brought them down there. Found a little end table. We had that down there. It was cool. And I remember the following day, we all take off. We do our best to get down to the, down to the fort. It's half full of water. <laughs> and, uh, you know, me, being a wise guy, well, at least we got a swimming pool now. <laughs> it's a lot of work for nothing. But it was, time, you know, times like that that were just priceless, man. You know, what do you do after that? All right, let's go to the mall. <laughs> Take that walk up the mall. You can go two different ways up the mall. You can go right up uh, South Avenue, which is, which is a big hill. And that will wind underneath the uh, railroad trestle there at Chester Pike, which used to be right to the left. Place called the Steer Inn. It's like a burger joint. You go there and get your burgers, cheeseburgers, hamburgers, whatever. Yeah, excuse me. And you've had your final leg of South Avenue up to McDay Boulevard, and the mall was right to the left there. You go into the mall. What are you having at the mall? Well, you got to see if the cute Orange Julius girl's there. You go buy yourself an Orange Julius just to say hello to her. And you got Italian Village to the right, I think it was called. Get a slice of Sicilian pizza. Everybody wanted the corner for some reason. It's always a bigger piece. He probably cut it that way. Maybe it was the worst piece to sell, I don't know. But if you made it bigger, people would want it. Makes sense. You had the Eric McDay Mall Theaters there. What a place. What a place to go. You just know the guy who was manager there. His name was Joe. Then you had out front of that, you had all the uh, arcade machines in the mall, just like sitting all together. Mine was pole position. I was going to grow up to be a Formula One race car driver. I had the name for it. Antonio. <laughs> but uh used to dominate that. Top score. All kinds of games here. Remember, Bink mentioned that he used to play a game there as well. You always had your favorite, something that you were really good at. Oh, man, did I see some crazy movies there, Jaws. Uh, remember Earthquake and Surround Sound? I remember when a Kmart just opened there. I believe you had uh, Simone Nolet and Doug Favell from the Philadelphia Flyers there signing stuff. Ed, Ed Van Ip may have been there as well. I'm not certain, but I think he was. That was a big day. It was, it was very interesting to meet those guys. And so, thinking of one song this morning. Talking to Bink a little bit this morning. And that song was Veronica. And then it kind of segue into the song Allison. It was kind of like an Elvis Costello uh, talk a little bit. And then it segued for me after that conversation into all of those old songs and how instantly we can time travel inside our mind with the vehicle being music to take us wherever we want to go back to those memories back to the old times gotta go get your hair cut from Bob the village styling shop while you're sitting there getting your hair cut someone will come in and want to buy tickets from his Ticketron <laughs> yeah what do you want yeah I need tickets to this concert I need tickets to this game okay hang on a second you cut your hair and then he'd pause for the ticket sales. I remember one time sitting there and Vince Papali came in. You'd be like, who's Vince Papali? 
Vince Papali from the Eagles. The Eagles. Never saw the movie Invincible? Yeah, it's about him. It was incredible that there was Vince. I think Bob knew a lot of people. I think Bob's still in business on Route 420 in Prospect Park. I should go to talk to Bob sometime and have him share some stories with me about growing up back in the day and his memories. Just a song. Starts all this. Want to time travel? Pick a song. Maybe a song that meant something to you or one of your family members. Lay back. Put the headphones on. A song hit me right now is, I'm your vehicle, baby. I'll take you anywhere you want to go. You know that song? I want you. I need you. I got to have you, child. Great God in heaven, you know I love you. I'm your vehicle, baby. Let that song be your vehicle. Take you back in time. And dare to remember the good times. Dare to remember your youth. And smile about it. Think about the happy times, the fun times. The times where all you had to worry about were you got to Get in before the light turns on at night <laughs> so you don't get your butt whooped and you make sure you get to the pool every day so your dad don't whip your butt again. For Finding Subjects, I'm Tony. We found some subjects today, way back in time. And how amazing is that? Those thoughts exist in our minds. And it's cool to reflect every once in a while. And I'm giving thanks for them and all my friends back then, and all the times and everything that we had and everything we did. And honestly, folks, if I went back in time to talk to myself, I have no idea what I would tell myself. I would probably say everything that you did and you're about to do, you basically kind of thought it out and you used your heart and your faith as well. Keep doing that. Don't change a thing. Do it all exactly the same. Have a great day. Peace. Dan.